Welcome to the Simply His Coffee Shop, everyone. <laughs> Has a worship song ever hit you the wrong way? Maybe made you feel a little uncomfortable? Now, why would a worship song do that? Today's topic of discussion is all about worship songs, and do they pass the theology test? Let's get back first, though. What is the definition of worship? We have done an episode on this. You can go back and watch, and we, we really dived into what worship actually is. But just for today, Donna, really quickly, just re-explain what is worship and what does that actually mean? Because we always think it's about the worship song service, and it's, it's not really actually about that. Right. Well, okay. So both in the Greek and in the Hebrew, anytime you, he, you read worship, uh, it, it, it actually, the word, the root words mean genuflection or to bow down. Uh, and I'm given the slam dunk version since we kind of already had discussed this particular mm -hmm. part of right. the worship topic before. When you look at what that means and how it was enacted by the people of God in the Bible, what you see is a complete surrender of self. So in biblical context, it does mean to bow down, but it also means to completely surrender yourself, right. everything that you are into the presence of God. So it doesn't mean song service. It doesn't uh, have to mean any particular yeah. form of worship. It means whatever you've got, you're surrendering it. You're saying, yeah. take my life, O Lord, and make yeah. it be yours. Right. That's right. what the true definition of worship is biblically. So a lot of times we have a, this idea that it's something that occurs on Sunday morning. Right. But actually worship should be in the back of your mind with every single yeah. thing you right. do every day, all day. Absolutely. You should be in a position of full surrender to God. Right. Absolutely. So when we talk about passing the theology test, what does that mean even? Because I know there is so much theology out there and some people don't even really think about it. Well, what does the song actually mean? And diving in and we're big on you doing your own research. Just don't right. take our word for it. There's so much information out there. And I know you've done this before yeah. too, where you will. We kind of dissect the song when we were youth pastors. Yeah. About once a month, go. we would take, you know, like a contemporary song that is playing on your, you know, local Christian radio station. And we would dissect it for the kids and mm -hmm. talk about actually, you know, unpack it uh, like as a lesson that night. You know, it was really cool. That's a great idea. That's too, a to, really good idea. To teach people to start thinking about it. Right. We've done that with um, even secular songs. All of a sudden, one and we're jamming out, and I'm like, oh, oh whoa. this is not one <laughs> we should minute. probably be playing right now. Right. Let's change, change the channel. So, I mean, doing that with everything, whether it be a worship song, a praise song, or whatever you want to call it, any song in general. But do your own research, too. This is just for us to kind of give our opinions but also to reach you and tell you, you need to be aware because so many things are slipped in, I think, under the radar that people don't even think about. So how, how does one dissect a song and see if it actually goes, passes the theology test? One of the first things that I would say is there's kind of a three or four question questionnaire that yeah. the song has to pass. The first one being that this is the main one that is so amazing to me that not every single worship song out there is passing this one. But what do the lyrics actually say and who is it actually about? Now, the, the people hear that question and they go, well, obviously the lyrics are about God and the song is about God. Really, though? I mean, <laughs> if you were to take 
God, the references to God out of it, does it sound like you're singing a song to your boyfriend? Does it sound like a secular boyfriend-girlfriend right. romance song? And the context of the lyrics, when you, when you think about what it is you're actually saying to God, I know this sounds like the most rudimentary thing, but think about how often this appears in church. You're singing a song and it's all about you. What you get, what you, you never even mentioned the name of God in any way. He's never directly identified. His identity is yeah. assumed. You're standing there singing a song about all the things you get. It's, it's kind of a me, 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 I feel, I yeah. think, I feel, I think. Yeah. It's yeah. not praise. If it's not praise, and you're, you, how is that the surrendering of the self? Right. Mm. It's actually the opposite of the surrendering of the self. You're singing about your own freebies that you get out of God. Well, that's, that, honestly, right? that's freebies. extreme yeah. narcissism. <laughs> right? Extreme narcissism. <laughs> Some people in this in this debate, they automatically start off saying, you need to remove the self from the song. I agree, but to a degree. So some people take it really far and they say, if the words me or I are anywhere in the song, you know, you're, you're automatically going, you're, you're doing something wrong. Well, that depends on where the me and the I come in. Yeah, exactly. Yes. exactly. I get something wonderful out of or you, Or I surrender. Or is it I surrender right. all, right. I exalt thee. Right. Right. So yeah. I and me can be in the song but the I and the me need to be representing that surrender. Yeah. yeah. Um, do the lyrics harmonize with or directly quote scripture? If not, it needs to be out. Mm -hmm. The, the idea of scripture, listen to me, the old hymns that are direct quotes from scripture, yeah. they have something that a lot of Christians don't understand. You are taking scripture, you're speaking it out loud in song, you're surrendering of the self, you're giving that to the Lord, and guess what happens in the unseen realm? It's mm. exorcistic. Mm. Whatever could yeah. potentially yeah. be in that room, you are driving it out wow. by yeah. outwardly quoting That's the words of God's self-revelation to mankind. Absolutely. That should never be compromised. Mm. So if the, I'm not saying that every single line of the song has to be a direct quote from sure. scripture, but it at least has to harmonize with what the whole of the scripture says. Yeah. Absolutely. And so if you don't know whether or not that's true, I mean, maybe, maybe you are a little bit more, you know, younger saved, still coming in and you don't know what is scripture versus what is not. Take key portions of that. Look them up. Does the Bible say this? Yeah. Literally copy paste it. Does yeah. give me the verse that says right. copy paste whatever insert line here. If you can't find it anywhere, it probably needs to go. Lastly, is it corporately appropriate? I mean, there's a difference between like, okay, you have a Christian CD right. that you are listening to in your car. It mm -hmm. may or may not, you know, talk about, uh, it, it may or may not quote scripture directly, but it's a nice song, whatever. Right. There's nothing wrong Thematic. with that. Yeah. Right. But corporate mm -hmm. worship is a different animal than the music that you like to listen to in your own private time. Right. And when we come together corporately, what it needs to do is a couple of things. First of all, it needs to be appropriate. Yeah. So if you're singing, and I, I, I will not give the name of this song, <laughs> but if you're singing about sloppy wet kisses, which I promise you is a direct lyric of a major worship song right now, when heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss, that lyric is literally in one of the main, yeah. we hear it everywhere, at least in the Bible Belt we do, we yeah. hear that worship song saying everywhere. The problem with that is, listen, and, and, and this guy has responded to the, to the demanding public, and he's written an article defending where he's coming from. Right. And he theologically breaks down where he's coming from. 
I agree with his breakdown. The problem is I don't want corporately people coming together singing God and Sloppy Wet Kiss in the same room with Grandma. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Grandma's not gonna be comfortable with that. And here's the other problem with that. If it's too theologically complicated, if For there is no simplicity, yeah. if you're not singing about you know, salvation in a way that everybody in the room can understand, it's not a corporate animal. Mm. Doesn't mean you can't listen to it in your car. It means it's not a corporate animal. Somebody who's never been into that church should be able to walk in and say, I understand what is being said. Exactly. I know who it's being said to. I'm not ashamed to sing this in front of my 15 year old. Right. And it ain't about me. If those things cannot be satisfied, it's got to go. That's my opinion. Let me finish with, with, with one more little plug here that I know is going to make some people mad. <laughs> God's love is not reckless. Yeah. Oh. At all. <laughs> and I don't mean any insult. I don't mean any insult to the churches that sing about that or to the person who wrote that song. But again, with corporate worship, it's a different animal than what you listen to on your own. You have to imagine at any moment, somebody is going to come into your church yeah. who doesn't Absolutely. know anything. They're mm -hmm. going to walk in there and say, I wonder if these people can help me know God. And the first thing they learn is that God's love is reckless, reckless. which is synonymous to clumsy I, I, yeah. Listen, <laughs> I'm not going to become a walking thesaurus right now. <laughs> Chaotic. Yes, exactly. Yes, very much so. There's another line in that same song that says, essentially, that he continues to chase after the one while he leaves the other 99 behind. Now, that is a direct quote scripture, but it's taken out of context in that song. Right. The way that song proposes that to be is he continues to leave the 99 to come after me. He keeps coming after right. me. Look, if that's your relationship with God, it means you keep running from it and he's got to keep tracking you down. Right. There's a problem with that. When the yes. Bible talks about him leaving the 99 sheep to look for the lost one, it means these people over here are not abandoned. They're still a part of his congregation. Well, he's he puts aware them, of them away though too in a safe place so that he knows they're still being taken care of. So that's they're right. not just willy-nilly out wandering. in the middle of the field, right. exactly wandering around. He put them away in their fold to then go find the one that was lost. Right. And then when he finds the one that is lost, he brings it back to the fold and they continue in harmony as the body. What that song insinuates is that you can just keep on messing up and being dumb and making stupid decisions and <laughs> whoops, I sinned again. Whoops, there went another one. <laughs> and God's just going to keep on coming after you while he abandons the 99 faithful people. That's what that song portrays to a person who just walked in. So right. that's, that's it. I'm done. My, my, <laughs> my diatribe is over. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny about that song too, though, is like my daughter, Kate, and she's a teenager, but she picked up on this song like immediately when we first heard it, we were at a church and she was like, mom, when we were at, after church and we were on our way home, she's like, mom, this, that song was kind of weird. It, it hit me the wrong way. I didn't like that because like if people are just coming in and they already have abandonment issues, she's like, that song is like totally God's going to abandon you Whoa. to now go chase after that other person, even though he just got done chasing you because now you're back in the, ch it's like, what in the abandonment issue was her, her whole line. And it was just like, Oh, well, I guess I've done one thing, right. I'm raising my daughter to use her brain, but you know, that, that was just funny because she was even younger than she is now. And that, yeah, that was several years ago. I remember you coming in the office. Yeah. We had a discussion about it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's been a minute. It's been a hot minute since that one. But I love hymns. So let's switch gears, though, and talk about some of the really good 
old faithful songs and so many people don't really do hymns anymore. And it's very sad because if you look at the rich history mm. of hymns sure. and why they were written, because most of them were written out of this deep hardship that pe- somebody yeah, had gone through and they were writing something to worship God through it. And there is so many of these hymns that are just incredible. We need to bring hymns back into our churches. Seriously, your whole service does not have to be a hymn. And you don't even have to bring out the old hymnals, even though they're really cool. And they're always fun to kind of look through. But they smell funny, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably true. Because they're probably in the basement for a while. (laughs) We have ways to put it up on the screen, just like we do anything else. And hymns are so important. Just do a little tiny bit of research. I mean, it is well. Yeah. The man that wrote that, his story is incredible. So be aware of what you're singing. It's so important to know what what it is that you're singing and why you're singing it. Right, right. A lot of times, um, of course, where we attend church, almost, I'd say probably every Sunday, don't you think? Yeah, every Sunday we have at least one hymn that we incorporate just because the richness of the lyrics, like, mm-hmm. you know, it as well. And, and, you know, when we were talking about doing this show and talking about the rich history of some of the stories behind the song, mm-hmm. I started looking into it. Cause there's some that, you know, everybody has heard mm-hmm. the story behind this or the story behind that. So I started researching some things. Um, what a friend we have in Jesus. Okay. 1844, this uh, young Irishman, he's um, finishing his college He's coming home to his fiancée, about to be married to her. And he comes across um, like this tragic scene in, in, in the theater of my mind. I think of, you know, crossing a bridge and all of a sudden there's this flowing creek. And what he sees is his young fiancée under the water. Mm-hmm. She has been thrown off of her horse and she is no longer alive. And he comes up on this uh-huh. like the day before the wedding. Wow. And then... Years later, he moves to Canada, he falls in love again, and just a couple of weeks before that wedding, she becomes violently ill and dies. So it's like, (laughs) oh my gravy, you know, when I was researching. And so he writes this poem to his mother in Ireland about how um, deep of a friendship that he cultivated with Christ Mm -hmm. through this adversity and Mm -hmm. through these trials and these tragedies, Um, and he, he he gets it published, but he publishes it anonymously. And it's published under the name Pray Without Ceasing. And then I think it was like 10 or so years later, he acknowledges, yes, that was me and his attorney. And he set it to music and then they publish it. And it is what a friend we have in Jesus. And I thought, man, how could I say that if I went through both of those kinds of deep, horrific tragedies that, you know, kind of like the, it is well, Mm -hmm. every time we sing that in church, I'm like, Oh, cause you think about that story. Mm -hmm. So it's deeper than the lyric. It's, you know, like connection. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's true. I think with, with a lot of the songs, cause even like you said, if you research why they wrote the lyrics the way that they did. Yeah you sometimes find out, okay, that makes more sense why theologically he put that in there. But then again, it maybe it's not a corporate worship song. Maybe it's more of one that, that you sing 
for yourself because it is that connection. You're worshiping God right. through that because it, it did come out of tragedy or right. whatever. You know, it's that I'm singing this as a personal thing, not as a corporate thing. Right, right, right. You know, it's totally two different things for sure. My favorite line in it as well is whatever my lot mm. he has Listen, yeah. taught me right. to say, like, right. it's not right. this natural thing that bubbles up from humanity. No. The natural thing that bubbles up from humanity is why God, why? Right. Yes. Right. And whatever my lot, he has taught me to say it as well with my soul. Yes. Like that is so convicting because oh. it's, it, it, it's, it ain't about you, boo. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So much so. We do have to take a really quick break. We'll be right back. Introducing the Simply His Mystery Bundle, a must-have for coffee lovers and book lovers alike. Indulge in our selection of certified organic, herbicide and pesticide-free, great-tasting coffees. Whether it's Donna's Divine Cup of Theology, Nita's Splendid Sunrise at the Ranch, Ali's Amazing Tornado Watch, or Catherine's Incredible Island Girl. Each roast is bursting with its own unique flavor. And the best part? You get to pick your favorite blend. So which one will you choose? Our stunning gray and silver Simply His shirt is also included in this package. A stylish V-neck t-shirt with our Simply His logo printed on the front in captivating silver. Perfect for that warm weather that's just around the corner. Now, I did say this was a mystery package. That's because when you purchase a special offer from Skywatch TV store, you'll receive a free mystery book. You heard me right. A mystery book from one of Defender Publishing's huge selection of greatest hits and all-time bestsellers sent to you at no extra cost. These outstanding works of literature are packed with inspiration and faith. But don't wait too long to order. This offer is only available while supplies last. Place your order to ensure that you don't miss out on this exciting opportunity. Put together, these items hold a retail value of over $90. Yours now for only $45 plus shipping and handling. Don't miss out on this great package. You can shop Simply His by scanning the QR code now by using your camera app or call 844-750-4985 and tell them that you want the new Simply His Mystery Bundle. Now, let's get back to Simply His. Welcome back to our Simply His show. We are continuing our discussion on worship songs and how sometimes the lyrics may not always rub us the right way. But we were just before the break talking about some of our favorite hymns and how hymns have such rich stories behind them usually of what they were or how they were written. What's your favorite song, Mom? Or well, hymn? Without thought, Amazing Grace. Wow. And yeah, it's, it's so full. <laughs> I like it because um, it pretty much sums up my life, you know, <laughs> amazing grace. Right. Yeah. Without that grace, oh, where man. would I be? I oh, promise right. you, it would Hopeless. not be a good place. Yeah. I was already on a road. It was not a good one. And God saved me and set my feet on a different path. Amen. Yeah. It hasn't been easy. It's been a path. It's been a journey. Right. But this is where you go back to these hymns and you find another one for the moment. Yeah. Whether it be corporate or individual. And you, mm -hmm. you, you can use these, these songs, whether they be a worship chorus 
or a hymn yeah. to help you find your way. And trust me, man, I have found a lot of them on days when I've just needed something. There, there, there are those musical, because we are musical. God has is, God is created music for a good thing, and, 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 and I've used a, a lot of different ones. But my go-to is Amazing Grace. Yeah. And it's one. because, you know, when you think about the words, he saved a wretch like me. Mm-hmm. I once was lost. Right. I was lost. Yeah. I had nowhere to go. I was lost. And he found me. Amen. Mm-hmm. He found me. You guys have no idea. <laughs> it was a true thing. And so that's my go-to. And I sing it more often than what people would even know. But it's always... My favorite one. To bring balance to, you know, earlier in the episode, we said that the song should not be all about you, that the song should be about God. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you bring up Amazing Grace, and there is exceptions. You bring up Amazing Grace, I once was lost, but now I'm found. And a viewer at home might be thinking, but I thought you said that was one of the no-nos. So in Amazing Grace, many of the other old hymns, they focus on the, in saying, look at what I'm getting out yeah. of the deal, right. they're actually inadvertently, but, but still directly identifying attributes of God that come directly out of scripture. Sure, right. So that's the difference. It's, it's, you know, you can sit down with amazing grace and say every single word out of that hymn yeah. can be traced to biblical scripture and what it represents. Yeah. But you can't find the same, you know, backing for God's love being reckless, for an example. We semi-mentioned this, but part of the reason these hymns have so much meatiness to them is because they were written out of a place of desperation, mm-hmm. out of a place of hardship hardship, yeah. and having Adversity. to overcome. Right. But their faith, and, and we've lost some of this in our day and age right now, is that everybody is taught, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about how you feel. It's about your emotions. Instead of choosing, like we've said that multiple times on the show, it's a choice. You have to choose to be happy. You have to choose to love someone sometimes because love is a choice. Worshiping is a choice. Singing a song is about a choice. So these people wrote these songs right. out of a place of choosing, right? Right, and to not from the that perspective God's that God's punishing them. Exactly. You know that there is actually right. a friendship, a kinship, mm-hmm. and then a worship. You know, to exactly. Him and thankfulness and prayer, and you know. Yeah, and I think that's that's so lost lately in this generation is that it is more about. What do I get out of the deal or what are my emotions about? So that's one thing to consider, too, when you are listening to worship songs. What what am I trying to portray? What am I trying to say to the Lord? Am I actually telling him how I feel about him and what he has done for me? Am I overcoming things? Because like you said, with Amazing Grace... His grace is sufficient. You know, he, his grace overcomes everything. It's funny, too, the kids lately, Thomas, he was in the car the other day after school, and he was doing something, and I got onto him. I'm like, you need to stop. And then he smarts off yet again. I'm like, okay, when we get home, you're done, because I'm driving, and he's all the way in the backpack, oh, wow. so I can't get to him. So I'm like, okay, when you get home, we're going to have some words, and you're probably going to your room. Mom! I promise it's the last time. Give me another chance. Show me grace. I'm like, oh, good grief. Uh, no. 
pack your bags and go on a guilt trip. Exactly. He actually used creep. that, though. He's like, Good show creep. me grace. I'm like, oh, no, you don't deserve that's grace cute. this time. That's that's for when I decide and choose to show you grace. You didn't deserve <laughs> grace this time because you'd had plenty of warnings. So <laughs> it was just funny, though. Uh. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> But it's so important to to do your research and like with not to keep bashing on the song, I apologize, but the reckless song, when a song hits you the wrong way, there's probably something there. And it doesn't mean that you have to then go up to your worship pastor and say, hey, you should never play that song again. We're not encouraging bashing on anybody, but we're wanting you to be aware And to listen to that small, still voice in your heart that says, hey, you know, that's probably not quite the right song. Because I don't, if a church sings that song, I'm not going to not ever go to that church again. You know, it that should not be your reaction. You can just keep that in the back of your head. Maybe send them this episode. Say, hey, here, check this, this show out on worship and how it should pass the theology test. You know, but... Just listen to that small, still voice in your heart because maybe the Lord is trying to show you something that you need to know. Well, and asking a question can sometimes be a lot more powerful yes. of, of a statement than right, a statement. Right, right, right. For sure. Yes. You know, going to or an somebody, accusation. For sure. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Going to a worship leader or somebody in your church and saying, do you know like what verse that song was written from? They're not going to be able to find it. That's the idea. But you know what I mean? As soon as, as soon as you, you plant that seed and, oh, I was just wondering, wander off, let the Lord convict, exactly. convict them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And don't forget, Absolutely. don't forget that the book of Hebrews says to bring a sacrifice of praise. Mm-hmm. A sacrifice is not a sacrifice if it doesn't cost you something. Right. right. So it means whether you're in the mood or not, it should be praise and it should be worship, which is the surrender of self. It needs to be about God. Yeah. Absolutely. If your focus is on the adoration of who God is and his mm-hmm. majesty mm-hmm. compared to who we are, mm-hmm. I think that you'll find worship a little easier. The real worship, because the worship comes from the heart. And when your heart is knit together with, with his word and his will, I think that that will also help you find those little times in the voice of that little thing that's, ooh, that was kind of different. Yeah. I'm not sure where that came from. Exactly. So, because I, I tell you, I didn't know what to think about that uh, the first time I heard it either. <laughs> but um, I went back to sing Amazing Grace is what I did. Because <laughs> I felt good there. I felt like it was the right one. Well, and not That's the all. one that I resonate with. Exactly, but not all of the newer songs are bad, and that's definitely not what we're trying to say. A lot of them are extremely well-written, and they do pass the theology test, so we're not just trying to bash on modern-day music at all either and say you can only sing hymns. That's definitely not what we're saying, but we are all out of time. Again, (laughs) happens so quickly. We hope you enjoyed this show, learned something maybe Check that small, still voice. God will speak to you no matter what. We'll see you next time in the Simply His Coffee Shop.